the man cave. A sanctuary. A sacred place. A place where we can go talk about the things we want to talk about. A place where we're surrounded by our favorite teams. A place where everyone is welcome. Grab a seat and a beverage. This is the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. What's going on? Dan Casper here, as always. Appreciate you tuning in to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, where, hey, we're starting to make a little bit of noise, starting to get some more listens. I'm liking it. Keep it rolling, peeps. Keep it rolling. Keep spreading that word. Keep subscribing. It's free. Follow whatever app you're using. We're on, like, all of them. Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, iTunes, all over the place. So, and keep those uh, perfect ratings coming, too. That helps us spread the word there just a little bit. But, hey, episode one for this week coming at you. And we got uh, well, we got flavors all across the board here. It's Halloween week, so we're going to do a little Halloween kind of theme stuff here. Um, got that coming up. We'll do a little here's a thing. And then, of course, uh, closing arguments. In episode two, we've got a couple of uh, couple of guests popping on for the for the podcast. So, uh, but episode one, you get me. You get straight up me for, for the whole thing. And so we're going to kick it off right away with a little what's on Casper's mind. So got a few different things. And obviously, depending on when you're listening to this episode of the podcast, uh, we're recording Tuesday morning here. Uh, the news of, uh, of the Packers going through some, some COVID issues here. First, it was announced uh, Joe Barry. And now Devontae Adams, and I know there's like Packers fans kind of holding on to their breath. Hey, maybe he can, maybe he can get a couple of negative tests coming up here, and still be able to, to go to go on Thursday night and face the Cardinals. You know, I, hey, I, I'm I'm all about the positivity. I'm all about the the glass half full approach here. But I don't know. It ain't looking, and it does lose some luster. Let's be honest; it loses a little bit of its flavor. You know, you got the six and one Packers heading over to the undefeated, the only undefeated team in the NFL, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Packers winning six in a row, obviously. Cardinals winning seven in a row does lose some flavor in a big time NFC matchup. Packers losing some key figures with uh, with Devontae and Joe Barry. Does that mean? Packers should throw in the towel. I know some of you fans out there here are already throwing in the towel for for this game. So let's let's kind of talk it out. Let's break it down here a little bit. All right. Let's 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 air it all out. First things first. No doubt, huge loss for for Devontae if he can't go. If he can't go, huge loss for the offense. Huge loss for the team. Uh, Joe Barry is also a big loss. Now. At this point, at this point in time with, with recording this podcast, it hasn't been announced who is going to be the play caller for the defense. But, you know, you're kind of looking at it and you're thinking on this defensive staff, it sure looks like it would probably be Jerry Gray, right? Uh, the defensive backs coach over there. Uh, a couple of stints as a defensive coordinator with Buffalo and Tennessee. So he's got a little bit of the experience. You'd think that would be the natural progression, right? Joe Barry is going to be involved in the game planning virtually 
So they'll have a mindset there. But, you know, there's also a trickle-down effect with that because, you know, Greg coaches the, the corners, defensive backs, and right now that's a group that's that's been hit hard with injuries. We know Jair Alexander's out. Kevin King's been dinged up and has gone through some issues. you got a, a rookie as your number one corner in Rasul Douglas uh, who was just picked up off the street a couple of weeks ago is your number two guy, and he's been playing well, and Stokes has been playing well. But you, you lose your main coach for that group then a little bit if he's going to be focused on on play calling. So there is a little bit of a trickle-down effect. So that is a loss right there. No doubt about it. It's a loss. Now the guys will be able to step in and, and fill the role, and I know they got an assistant uh, defensive backs coach, which will have a bigger role, but still it, it does hurt, especially – with this group going up against the likes of like a DeAndre Hopkins and the receiving group of like AJ Green and Rondell Moore and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you got the Devontae side of things, right? And I know everybody's throwing out the numbers. Well, you know, last couple of years, games that uh, Devontae hasn't played, Green Bay's still been 6 and 0. I don't want this to turn into a thing. Green Bay doesn't need Devontae to win. That That's not the point of that stat going around saying Green Bay 6-0 because when that was going on during that time, there was people out there thinking Green Bay doesn't need Devontae Adams. I mean, come on. The The point of that stat is to show that, you know what, they can, they can still get the job done. You still want Devontae Adams out there for crying out loud. You still want 17 out there. It's just another way of showing that, hey, you can adjust and you can still get the job done. And, I mean, kind of look at the other opponents, too. And, yes, they they did it with the Saints, but the Saints were also missing Michael Thomas. You know, Aaron Jones had a couple of good games. The Chiefs won. There was no Patrick Mahomes in that game, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you can come up with the different narratives. It's a different year. It's a different game. It's different teams. Okay? So what does this offense have to do to make sure that they can put up some points? Just in case it has to be a shootout. Who's going to step up? It's going to be an interesting because it does have a, you know, I, I believe the the loss of Devontae Adams also has a trickle-down effect to the offensive line. Now, hear me out here because I know there's been some talk in this past week. We got to see a little bit more of Alan Lazard and, and Bobby Tunyon involved in, in the passing game, right? Each of them coming away with touchdowns, each of them getting 60 or more yards receiving, a few catches there too. But I believe why we haven't seen Bobby Tunyon and Alan Lazard that active, you know, that active uh, in in terms of, like, putting up big numbers or touchdowns and receiving yards is because they've been asked to do some of the grunt work. They've been asked to do a little bit more blocking because of the offensive line injuries, because of the, the offensive line group getting shuffled around due to injuries. You know, Bobby's been asked to do some more chipping, maybe stay in line and do a little bit more blocking. And we know Al Lazard is a very good blocker for, for a wide receiver. He's been asked to do that a little bit more. So now, if Devontae's going to be out, you're going to need Al Lazard to be a playmaker, to be a, a threat in a passing game. You're going to need to utilize Bobby Tunyon more in the passing game. So you're not going to be able to use them more in terms of protection. So that's going to be a little bit of a trickle-down effect now, right? On the offensive line. Maybe you keep Marseille's Lewis in there more. I don't know. But it does have that trickle-down effect. So, you know, dudes who are going to have to step up, if MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, is activated, you know, what will be his role coming off of a hamstring injury right away? We'll see. But he definitely has the ability to take take it over the top against the defense. I'm looking at guys like like a Bobby Tunyon, like an Alan Lazard, 
Aaron Jones is going to have to be a factor, not necessarily just strictly the running game, but get the ball in his hands and in, in, in space and make him make some plays in space. You know, it's going to be a little bit maybe of a shorter game. Uh, Randall Cobb might be, you know, somebody to, to kind of keep an eye on. Everybody. It's That's the thing is, like, I don't want to just pick one dude or a couple of dudes. It's got to be a team effort. Now, when you've got Aaron Rodgers leading the way, Chances are it's gonna you're gonna have a chance. You're still gonna have a chance with a a Raj leading the way, but I would expect shorter passing game, getting the ball out quick, more crossing routes, more misdirection with the offense, more in motion, more you know tight grouping packages, bunch of stuff like that. Not necessarily trick plays, but more scheming more creative scheming to get guys open and just getting the ball out and spreading it out. That's what they got to do. That's what this team has to do. And on the defensive side, that's where it's going to be communication is going to be the biggest thing. Communication, 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 and getting plays in quick and making sure it's just a smooth process. So don't abandon ship yet, Packers fans. Don't, Don't even abandon ship. You don't have to. Does it take a hit? Sure does. But that doesn't mean it's an automatic loss, all right? Keep the faith, Packers fans. Keep the faith. Um, all right, so the next two things, or before I get to that, uh, the, the top 75 was released uh, about a week or so ago for, for the NBA. And we kind of talked about it here or there. No big surprises on, on, on a lot of those. But, you know, if there, I guess if there was a... Uh, if there was like a snub or anything like that or a couple of snubs, I guess to, to me the biggest surprise of somebody who wasn't included on that list, I'd have to go with probably like Vince Carter. Then you look at some of the numbers, and I just wonder how much he got maybe knocked down because of his later years. He played a lot, but in his last few years, he was more of like a off the bench, giving you a few minutes, didn't average a whole lot of points, right? But when he was in his prime and he was good, that dude was a stud, averaging 25 to 27, 28 points per game. He was a dude. And, you know, my boy Brandon, you hear him on the radio show, Brandon Berg, I think he made the the perfect analogy or par- comparison to, to Vince Carter. He's like Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins made the top 75, but Dominique Wilkins didn't make the original top 50 25 years ago. I think Vince Carter is that Dominique Wilkins. More known for his, you know, flying and dunking and and all that sort of stuff. But he was a primetime player. He was a primetime player. So, to me, I'm a little bit surprised he got in over the likes of, I don't know, like, and this isn't a a knock on Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard at this point, you know, I guess I'd still, you know, if you were asking me who I would pick in my prime, Damian Lillard or Vince Carter, I probably would pick Damian Lillard. So that kind of goes against my argument, but... You know, we know the whole career of Vince Carter, right? That's that's in the books. It's said and done. It's it is what it is. But I was that I think that to me is the one that surprised me the most uh, in there. I know a lot of people were surprised about Dwight Howard not making it. And you look at the numbers there. You know, a bunch of all pro or uh, all team NBAs. And you know, when he was with Orlando during his prime, I mean, that dude was that dude was a stud. He was a threat. But again, I kind of wonder if the latter years where he's a role player and you know maybe not putting in a ton of minutes and you know kind of an afterthought, I wonder if that really affected the minds of the voters. You wouldn't think it would, but I kind of think it did a little bit. I kind of think it did a little bit. So, 
but you know, I'd like to. I'd love lists like that, top players, because it gives you a little bit of a debate, gives you a little bit of conversation with your friends and and other folks out there. I was a kid. I had the top fifty poster in my room. I can still imagine what it looked like and certain players on there. I debated with my aunt on who should be there, who shouldn't be. I was only like ten years old, I think, at the time. So I, I love that sort of stuff. It's a history thing. It's a nice history lesson of. Oh yeah, that player was really good. Or how do you not include that player? So, I love stuff like that. I know it hasn't been um, a big thing, you know. Or I, I I shouldn't say it hasn't been a big thing. It really hasn't been a, like a big thing in the NBA. Um, every so often, I know NFL. It's more of a bigger topic, you know. Top players, goats. They've done top one hundred a couple times now. They did it in what two thousand ten, and then they just did it recently for the one hundred year anniversary. Right? They just did it then baseball once in a while there but every once in a while we get to talk about with the nba top players usually it's like best player of all time and it's like jordan or lebron that's when we hear it the most but i love stuff like this i love stuff like this so but uh, a couple other things that are on my mind as i keep rambling here keep rambling here um you know it is halloween all right it is halloween scariest players people in all of sports. I'm kind of throwing this question out to you, and this is going to be like another test for the listeners because if you tweet at me or you post on my Facebook page or you send an email or something like that, I'm going to enter you in to, to win some prizes. So thanks to, to all of you who've done this the first time. We got quite a few of you uh, handed out some prizes. If you didn't get it first time, that doesn't mean don't try the second time. All right? That means don't try the second time. So I'm kind of throwing a question out to you. Who do you think are some of the scariest players out there? Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to get to my list here. Are you looking to sell your home or buy a new home? Or perhaps you're looking for some land to do some hunting or build your dream home on? Whatever the case may be, you need to check out Woods & Water Realty. Visit woodsandwater.com to check out all the listings out there for new homes, some land for hunting, or to build your new home on. Woods & Water Realty will work with you from start to finish to either put your home on the market and help find that new dream home for you or that perfect plot of land. Woods & Water Realty, your real estate store. So we're back. Have you thought about your list? Scariest players, people, and sports. Get a little creepy background music going on right now, as you can hear there. Um, you know, I was trying to think of like some current ones and some really old school ones out there too. Uh, a Ty Cobb. I, you know, obviously I wasn't around when when I watched him play, but all the stories said he was just an ass. Like, like he was just a big old asshole out there playing and like you know, spiking people, sliding into second base or anything like that. So I'd probably throw him on there too. But I think, you know, some like current players, uh, Derrick Henry, no, I I, I would not want to like meet him one-on-one if he's running 21.8 miles an hour at me. And I'm just like, I'm me, you know, my bite, I ain't taking him one-on-one. I'd be even scared to like, you know, just kind of duck down and take him low. Like his knee or leg would probably break me in a half. So 
right now. Like when you're talking like NFL scariest players right now in the league, Derrick Henry's there. Lamar Jackson's probably there for his, you know, whoop, whoop, moving around and that sort of stuff. Uh, I put Aaron Rodgers on there. He's a scary dude when he's on. Devontae Adams is a scary dude. You know, yeah. I'm thinking some big hitting like linebackers out there too. J.J. Watt's kind of scary. He seems like a cuddly bear once in a while, but it feels like he turns on a different switch when he's on the football field and he just becomes like just this maniac. I mean, what was it, a couple weeks ago? He just gets so amped up on the football field out there that, oh, he's kind of he's kind of scary too. So, I mean, football, you can come away with a lot of people, right? You know, another baseball player I keep thinking of, Randy Johnson, you know, I mean, if the dude's going to throw over your head, yeah, John Crock, you know what I'm talking about. But if he's going to, and he kills birds throwing throwing a fastball, you know what I mean? Like, Randy Johnson would scare the crap out of me. He's tall and lanky, but he just has this look, and he's got the power on there. I mean, Randy Johnson scares the crap out of me. Um, I'll probably go Shaq, too. I mean, there's no way in heck if I was in the NBA, if I was playing basketball, and you're telling me that I have to guard Shaq, a seven foot one, three hundred pound plus human being, and like if it's early version Shaq, like with the magic where he could run up and down the court and all that, no, you know I'd probably be like Scott Pollard or or Chris Dudley back in the '90s trying to block him. Not even that; it'd be awful. And since we're talking old hoopsters, you got to put Jordan on there. I mean, the trash talk alone would probably scare me. The trash talk alone from Jordan would probably make me pee my pants and make me shiver and scare and whatever like i i i can I, i'll talk once in a while but when a dude is like intense trash talking yeah that that scares the crap out of me scares the crap out of me and like hitters like in baseball too like you know just like if i was a pitcher i'd be kind of scared of some comebackers i don't have the reflexes like that you can throw in hockey dudes i don't want to you know i can't play hockey can't do it so get body checked or anything like that, you know, that'd be kind of scary. So, no, what, what, I'm missing a bunch of players. I'm missing a bunch of people, too. Would you be scared of somebody like Belichick? I think I'd be scared of Belichick. Like, he'd freak me out a little bit. Uh, maybe I'd get a little worried or scared of Lombardi, too, although he seemed to be really nice off the field. So I'm missing some, but that's your question. Send me on over. Tweet, Facebook, email, whatever you got to do, and then I'll throw in you into the competition to win some prizes. Kind of your test to see if you are listening to the podcast, all right? Just a little bit of a test right there. A little bit of a test. All right, uh, we're going to take another quick break, and then we're going to finish up the uh, Casper's Mind segment. A little real or pretend. Real or pretend, all right? That's coming up after this quick break. All right, let's finish up what's on Casper's mind here for the Man Cave podcast before we get into a little here's the thing and then some uh, closing arguments, all right? So real or pretend, we're heading into week eight of the NFL season already for crying out loud. Holy moly. Yeah, right? Yeah, holy cow. Um, So I'm going to throw in some teams on there, plus a little Halloween flavor on real or pretend, all right? But we're going to start off with uh, some NFL teams here. All right, so Raiders, real or pretend? Two losses right now, people. The Raiders, after uh, you know starting off 3-0, then uh, obviously we all know what happened and with, with John Gruden and such, but they've bounced back, and now they're, they're off to a 5-2 and two start right now. 
I'm still putting pretend on there. I'm still putting pretend on the Raiders. They are playing extremely well. Derek Carr is playing extremely well right now, but there's just I just you know, I think it's a little bit maybe of a honeymoon type of period where everybody's a little bit more relaxed and you know, there's some talk that, you know, the, their new interim coach was changing some stuff and relaxing some of the stuff that uh, is very player-friendly. But I look at, you know, Chargers are in that division. They're going to be a tough out. I, The Chiefs are going to – we're going to come up to them here in a second. But I just – the Raiders are a pretend for me right now. But there's no doubt about it. They're playing a lot better, and Derek Carr is playing extremely well. The Bengals – how about this? The Bengals are in first place. They just dominated – uh, the Ravens right now. And that to me is like, oh, th- that's what I'm struggling with a little bit because I really want to say that the, the that the Bengals are real, that they're real right now, especially after that win. Jamar Chase is unreal, his connection with Joe Burrow. They got Mixon on the offensive side too. Defense is probably surprising some people. I shouldn't say probably, they are. Ah, but that AFC, let's run it down. You know, you've still got, you've still got the Ravens in that division. The Browns are so banged up. No, screw it. I'm gonna go with it. Bengals are real, baby. The Bengals are real. I'm loving it. Ah, I'm not confident in saying that at all. But that's how, like, 2021, man. Bengals are in first place, and the Raiders are in first place in their divisions. And the Kansas City Chiefs have a losing record. And it's not even it's it's like almost halfway through the season. We're not just in it for a couple games. We're like almost halfway through the season. That's football. That's the NFL though. Titans, real or pretend? Real. Um they're they're real. They're playing hot right now. Uh it all starts with Derrick Henry. I like the fact uh that AJ Brown had a good game last week. It gives them a little bit more of a, you know confidence that they do have that outside threat Julio Jones I don't think he's the Julio Jones of what he was a few years ago but he still draws a presence he's still you know a threat there but I think the Titans are real Uh, I'm buying that right now Uh, let's do a little let's do a little some uh, NFC teams here Cowboys real or pretend I the Cowboys remind me of Mike McCarthy's Packers teams putting up a bunch of points in the offense. Their defense has been playing better, but I'm still a little, I don't know. Like, I just feel like there's going to be this wild card thing that's just going to go wrong for the Cowboys. But they're going to win their division easily. They're going to win their division easily. I'll put the Cowboys as real. Uh, looking at the Cardinals, real and pretend, I think you got to give it to them. Yeah, 7-0. and no. I know there's some people. I still don't believe the Cardinals are going to win their division. I feel like that's going to be the Rams. But they're playing lights out right now. They're playing with a lot of swag. They're playing with a lot of confidence. You got to go real uh, with them. Packers six and one. I hate. To, I, I know I did this on my radio show the other day. Defense is playing better. But that that red they finally got the red zone stops. But a lot of that was luck. This one's a tough one for me, but I might change it. I think I'm going to go real. As long as you have Aaron Rodgers playing at a high level, you're you're always going to have a chance. You're always going to have a chance. Honestly, I think I look at every team in the NFC right now that has one loss or, or in the Cardinals' essence, say zero losses, they're real. 
I, I, I really believe that because you can make a case for the Rams going to the Super Bowl. You can make a case for the Cardinals going to the Super Bowl. You can make a case for the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl. You can make a case for the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Right? You can make cases for those teams. Tampa Bay, obviously, too. You know, they're real. So I think every, I'm just going to shorten this up. I think every NFC team is real. Every NFC team is real. That's got one loss or fewer, and the only one that's fewer is obviously Arizona. Real or pretend? Bigfoot, real. Ghosts, real or pretend? Real. Trying to think of some spooky stuff, weird monsters. Loch Ness Monster, pretend. That thing ain't real. Not real. I would have said aliens are pretend, but I don't know now. More stuff starting to come out, people, and I'm thinking they're real, which freaks me out. You ever see the movie, like, Fourth Kind or whatever the heck it is? Kind of gives, like, a Blair Witch impression where it's like, hey, this is, like, real footage and that. It freaked me out kind of the first time, and I was I was out of couch. I was, I was, I was an adult, and I watched it, and I kind of got the heebie-jeebies. But I'm kind of thinking there's something going on here in the skies and in space and and all that sort of stuff, which really has me freaked out here, okay? So I'm going to go real on aliens. By the way, on, is it Saturday nights? Friday nights. Friday nights. Travel Channel, there's a show called, like, Terror in the Woods. If you're an outdoorsman, you're a hunter like me, I'm addicted to that show, but it also freaks me out more when I'm walking around in the woods at night. You got, like, things called skinwalkers, and it's a lot of Bigfoot stuff on there, some ghost stuff and all that, but... If there was, like, one monster, I believe, for a little Halloween taste here, if there was, like, one monster, I believe, it's Bigfoot. Then it's aliens. Well, ghosts, I believe, for sure. One, Bigfoot, two, aliens, three, Loch Ness, no. That's just no. The thing with Loch Ness is, like, it's in a body of water in, like, Scotland, and they've done, like, the radar stuff. It's confined to that area. I know it's deep water and all that, but it's confined. It's not like an ocean where it's huge, where they still find different animals and giant squids and all that. This is like enclosed, landlocked and that sort of stuff. You still can't find it. So that to me is like the deciding factor there. All right. Enough with me. You guys are probably annoyed. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, we're going to do next. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Coming up after this quick break. Before we get to our next segment here, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Twisted Tea. I love that stuff, Twisted Tea. I'm a big iced tea guy anyways. You know, I've got the instant iced tea in the pantry. That's kind of my go-to beverage and such. But when it comes to tailgating or or in the backyard, sitting in the back porch uh, with, with summer right around the corner, nothing quenches my thirst like a Twisted Tea, especially the man cans. You know, those big ones right there, just getting them out of the cooler ice cold twisted tea now they've got uh, a bunch of different flavors i'm a big like uh the 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 arnold palmer type the the 50 50 lemonade and and uh the iced tea that, that's my favorite one right now you know they got the raspberry they got the original and, and a bunch of different flavors for you to try out but this summer when it's getting hot getting a little warm and you're sitting in the back porch you're doing some grill outs or you know you're doing some tailgating for for some baseball games Grab a Twisted Tea. It's going to go down a lot smoother, and it's going to cool you down, and it tastes great as well. (music) 
All right, sticking with the Halloween theme here. I'm sure you all saw Mike Leach's quotes, or not quote. He was asked a question. I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I don't know really the, the background of the question, but he was asked about like Halloween candy on the field after a game or, or something like that. And I, first of all, I love Mike Leach only in the terms of his quotes and some of the thoughts that come out of that mouth of his, like his Bigfoot talks his raccoon talks i mean he's got some weird stuff that's like in his mind and i be- i really believe it's like 100 percent genuine on what he says about some of that stuff like the bigfoots and the raccoon you don't know what i'm talking about you need to youtube it look it up and uh and youtube it so but he was talked about uh something about uh, halloween candy and i gotta give him some love Got to give Mike Leach some love because he mentioned gummy bears. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the brand that he went with, uh, but gummy bears, anything gummies, like like gummy worms, uh, gummy bears, gummy butterflies, anything like that are incredibly underrated, and they never get talked about in terms of like the best candy or the best Halloween candy out there. It's always like... You know, Reese's, and, you know, I might be a little bit biased because I'm allergic to peanut butter, so I can't have that. So it's like, I always like them, or just generic chocolate, or, or anything like that. Gummies are the underappreciated candy of Halloween. Underappreciated. And he's exactly right about the gummies with the nerds on there. Oh, those are just the bomb, but nobody talked about that. I'll tell you my top five in no particular order of, like, uh... You know, when I was a kid and going trick-or-treating, it was like, boom, nailed it right there. It was Twix, it was Kit Kat, it was Caramello, Carmamello. I always called it Carmamello as a kid. I know that's wrong, but it's stuck in my head, and that's what I'm always going to call it, all right? Those three, gummies and nerds. But the other one, too, so it's a top six, I guess, because I can't add. Remember those th- candy, I think they're called like Sixlets or whatever. They're like these little chocolate balls filled with you know like they're like the hard candy shell and they're little balls and they came like in a little plastic tube oh those are awesome those are underrated underrated too but you know i get it i'm a little biased i can't uh i can't have the butterfingers or the reese's or anything like that so i've never had them and i know everybody loves them but for me gummies are underrated the six lits are underrated caramello caramello whatever the hell it's called um Kit Kats, Twix, boom. That's where it's at. Those are the top five candies. Top five candies. But seriously, I love Mike Leach. Like, I would just like, you know, when he's done coaching, whenever it is, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. I mean, he's moved around and, you know, had other jobs and that sort of thing. And I don't know what the future's going to be like with with Mike Leach and that. But, you know, if he ever gets a podcast, that thing's going to be like highly downloaded. I mean, that thing is just going to, spike up with listens and i'll be a big one there too as long as he keeps up with the keeps up with like the bigfoot and raccoon like pet raccoon it was a pet raccoon i think he talked about wasn't it when he was a kid pet raccoon something like that i don't know but uh that's you know that was kind of my thing that was kind of my here's a thing i know i didn't drop the the here's a thing uh, at the beginning there but that was my here's a thing like here's the thing mike leach is absolutely right about gummies gummy bears gummy worms underrated in the halloween you know top candies of all time
Hey everyone, Dan here again. Hey, I appreciate all of you listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, and I hope you're enjoying it. But I want to remind you about my radio show as well, The Dan Casper Show. Airs weekday mornings from 6A to 9A Central Standard Time. You can catch the show on WAYY Sports Talk 105.1 and 790 AM, sportstalk1051.com where you can stream it online, the Sports Talk 105.1 app, or on your Google and Alexa home devices. Closing arguments time, and I was going to do something with the World Series, but I'll tell you what, I think the World Series is going to be boring. It, it, it just doesn't add any flavor to me. It doesn't add any doesn't add any like uh, flair or anything like that. Astros, Braves, I'll pick the Braves just because they got the momentum going right now. But it's just, it's just kind of boring. It's kind of boring to me. It's just, I, I don't know, I can't get into it. I really can't, and, and that kind of feeds into... Uh, you know, we had Monday Night Football again. It was a boring game between Saints and, and Seahawks, and, and I get injuries factor into it. And, and you know, Russell Wilson maybe would have been a little bit different for, for the Seahawks. But I'll tell you one thing that is saving Monday Night Football right now, and that's the Manning cast. I don't know what the future is going to be. I, I really have a hard time seeing that this is going to be an every-year thing where they're going to do every single game. But they are doing a fantastic fantastic job with it last night was another example of that tom brady on marshawn lynch on dropping f-bombs uh this is gold right here this is the best way to watch football in my opinion we're seeing you know peyton kind of you know he gets so upset watching bad football and such and we're seeing a different side of eli manning where he's kind of like he's kind of a goofball and he's got some good zingers you know, like during his playing time, everybody, it was easy to kind of make fun of Peyton Manning. I mean, he had those pictures and those memes, and but you kind of sense there was like a, a charismatic side to him a little bit. But now that he's not playing, you're seeing it a little bit more. I I don't know how you can replicate. First of all, I don't think you can replicate this. You can't. It, it, but I just don't feel like we're ever going to see these guys doing this every single Monday night game, Thursday night game, Sunday night game, whatever the heck. It's not going to happen. I feel like, you know, Peyton wants a bigger role in, in football, whether it's with team operations, ownership, something like that. I don't know, but I feel like he's he's going to want to do more or something more in depth. But, you know, you look at some of the some of the broadcasting teams out there and I understand it. I mean, I'm in the broadcasting world. I get it. It's it's, you know, you got a lot of safe picks for those you know, analysts out there, but I guarantee you if like, if if there was a a station or anything like that, that, you know, was a little bit more free and what you could say, kind of like what Sirius XM is, you get rotating analysts or commentators like a Marshawn Lynch and, you know, Pat McAfee and, and that sort of stuff. That's going to be gold in my opinion. I think it should be, there should be one station that has the gonads to do this, to bring in a couple of analysts, you know, a couple of different people for every single game for Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night, whatever, you know, whatever night it's going to be, bring in some different people to talk about it, like the Manning cast, but bring in different people. Hey, other guys can do it. Other guys and girls can do it multiple times, but, but a station needs to have the gonads to do this. This is how you're going to get 
the viewers and listeners, I mean, viewership is still there and, and listeners are still there, but for like, you know, Monday night games for the last few years, they've been crappy. And what makes a crappy game good? It's like the Manning cast from last night. That's what makes crappy games good. The commentators, that's when they got to step in. That's when the analysts have to step in and make it more fun. Also while learning. That's what the, that's what the Manning cast does. It's exactly what it does. It's a great dynamic between the two Manning brothers and uh, whomever their guests may be. That's going to do it for episode one this week of the Man Cave podcast. A couple days from now, we'll drop episode two. See you then. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the Man Cave podcast. But can you do me a quick favor? Can you subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast? And, you know, rate it, like if you're on iTunes or anything like that. Just make it a good rating. That way other people can find the podcast too. Hey, we're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it. We're all over. Spread the word about the Man Cave podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk with you later.